Hey, thank you for tuning in to Passion for Purity. This is the podcast for Christian young men who are fighting to have sexual integrity while living in a hypersexualized culture. I'm your host, Wesley Reinhardt, and this is episode 13, our first book review episode. We'll take a look at a book called 12 Ways Your Phone Is Changing You by Tony Ranke, and we'll discuss a few of the excellent points that Tony makes as he examines our relationship with our smartphones. Let's dive in. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. Uh, I feel like I should start off by saying um, this is the first episode in a while, which you probably know uh, if you've listened to more than one. And there's a lot of reasons uh, that I could say for that. Having a baby, that changes things. And just adjusting to life with a new addition to the family. Um, You could probably say uh, ministry is busy at church, and it always is, but life is always busy. Um, I... I guess the the root reason is that there have just been other priorities, um, and so I apologize that these have not come out uh, like I've said in the past. So today, I am making no promises about the regularity, although I would hope to put one out next week. Uh, again, I make no promises uh, because I think I've made a few too many in previous episodes. Um, and my dad pointed out, right now they're coming out about... Uh, once a month, once every two months, um, and if we're lucky, twice a month. But hey, who knows? That could increase, but like I said, no promises. Uh, anyways, thanks for listening just the same. Um, so today I'm going to just read some passages from a book uh, and and give a few uh, thoughts, uh, not necessarily adding to it, because I think he says a lot of things very well, uh, far better than I could think to say them, uh, but just how how they've been convicting to me and thought-provoking for sure. Uh, The book is called 12 Ways Your Phone Is Changing You, and it's by Tony Ranke. Uh, You may have heard that name. He he was with Desiring God. Uh, I'm not sure if he's still there currently, Um, but the Ask Pastor John podcast, he's he's the co-host of that. Uh, Anyways, as as you can probably imagine, any book about our, our smartphone use or technology from a Christian point of view uh, is definitely necessary today, and it's so easy to let our phones, uh, really any digital tool, um, just start to grab more of our life, more of our time, more of our focus uh, than we want it to. And so he, yeah, he lists 12 ways um, to just make you think about God and the spiritual reality behind your smartphone. So I encourage you to read the book. Uh, like I said, we'll be in one particular chapter, though, chapter 8, um, and the, ch- the chapter is entitled, We Get Comfortable in Secret Vices. That's the way that our phone is changing us. Um, and so he begins the chapter uh, by talking about Ashley Madison. And I don't know, you may remember from, um, had to be between five and ten years ago, uh, there was a website that basically set up uh, a way for you to have an affair. Um, and millions of men uh, gave their credit card information, their email address, their contact information uh, in hopes of having an illicit affair. And then some hackers came in and, and the information was released and it really caused a lot of destruction uh, to a lot of homes and marriages. Um, but Tony points out how how so many men, there was roughly 13,000 men for every one active woman on that site. <laughs> which is you know, very revealing um, that the majority of those men weren't 
they weren't having an affair through the site. Uh, they were living for the fantasy and just the thought that it was anonymous, you know, um, no one else knows and it's a secret. And so he goes on to say how our, yeah, our screens, our digital use, um, that can give us such an anonymous feeling uh, that we feel like we can, we can indulge in a sexual sin or a vice with little consequence. In fact, he says on page 133, and this is a, a sobering thought, he says, technology does this. It makes us think we can indulge in anonymous vices, even conceptually, without any future consequences. Anonymity is where sin flourishes, and anonymity is the most pervasive lie of the digital age. The clicks of our fingertips reveal the dark motives of our hearts, and every sin, every double tap, and every click will be accounted for. And he's absolutely right. Uh, what a... What a chilling thought that when we're alone on our phone, uh, you know, psychologically we feel like no one else sees, no one else knows, and yet that is a lie from the devil. Eventually, uh, everyone will know, <laughs> and, and God knows. Um, so everywhere that we click and double tap, like he says, uh, we will have to answer for that. What a challenge um, already. Think about that when you're on, her, on your phone at night during the day. Uh, by yourself, God knows, and we will have to answer for every app, everything we search. One consequence of this that he points out uh, on page 135, he says, Brad Littlejohn explored this dynamic in a 2016 lecture. And this is a beginning of a quote by Brad Littlejohn. Rather than stoking the flames of lust to create testosterone-driven sex monsters, pornography seems, if anything, to emasculate its users, rendering them passive and impotent. And I mean impotent here in a clinical as well as a metaphorical sense. No symptom of compulsive porn use seems to be so widespread as the complaints of erectile dysfunction and other sexual disorders. Many porn addicts seem to remain virgins for longer than their peers, struggling to form meaningful relationships with the opposite sex or develop much enthusiasm for sexual activity. And that's the end of the quote. In the end, digitally available porn is driven primarily by that trademark of curiosity, the thirst for novelty, in which the gaze objectifies and devours its object almost immediately, and must move restlessly onto the next, never satisfied. Uh, and that's that's the end of uh, Tony's words there in the paragraph. But man, what a again, what a scary thought uh, that that curiosity almost more than lust, um, and weakening more than strengthening. Uh, is the result of, of porn use. Um, he says a little later, uh, Fourth, if curiosity is the impulse driving us to find, watch, and read what is lurid on our phones, perhaps we are witnessing an ancient impulse play out in the digital world. At creation, God prohibited Adam and Eve from one tree, calling them to self-limit what they wanted to know and experience. They failed in their self-restraint and forced their way to forbidden knowledge. The sin, seeking to satisfy forbidden curiosity, is the hallmark transgression behind all others, and it is no less bold in a consumer-driven economy. We scoff at self-limited understanding of this fallen world, and yet God has said some knowledge is forbidden because some knowing will destroy us, as seen in the insatiable curiosity that leads into deeper and deeper addiction to more and more lurid forms of pornography. 
Smartphones make it possible for users to help themselves to fresh forbidden fruit at any moment of any day and thereby destroy themselves in secret, end quote. Uh, again, how, how scary. I, I hope that these, these thoughts make you think, um, God, search my heart and, and know my desires, especially when it comes to my phone. Uh, is my heart pure? Am I using it as a tool? Uh, and am I using it in a way that's honoring to you? Um, what a what a question. Uh, he talks a little bit more in the chapter about digital consumerism, um, and he, he draws a contrast between all of the advertising that comes at us through what we see, uh, whether it is, you know, sexually charged or whether if it, it's just materialism. Um, and he says the what we can see, the tangible there is such a temptation, whereas the Bible encourages faith um, to gaze on what we cannot see. And he lists um, several passages that are excellent food for thought. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. If you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is. Set your minds on things above, not on things on the earth. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 18. We look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. 2 Corinthians 5. We walk by faith, not by sight. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. John 20.29, 20, Jesus said to him, have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. First uh, Peter 1.13, therefore preparing your minds for action, be sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And, and Ranke says, you ignore these passages, and the Christian life makes no sense. And that's ended the quote, and he's absolutely right. Um, and, and that's a, a fascinating way to think about uh, God says, you can't see me, uh, um, but put your faith in me. Uh, grow your faith. Ranke summarizes this, this concept saying, like a head-on collision of freight trains, the gospel of consumerism and the gospel of Christ smash. The gospel of consumerism, consumerism says everything you could possibly imagine for your earthly happiness and comfort is available in a dozen options, sizes, colors, and price points. The gospel of Jesus Christ says everything you could possibly need for supreme joy and eternal comfort is now invisible to the human eye. End of the quote. Ah, what a challenge. Again, I think on that. The hope of heaven, the hope of Christ, we can't see it with the eye. Yet the next toy, um, the next sexually charged image, um, the next car, the next house, whatever it is, that's that's all the tangible and the scene right now. But the things that we need to, to gaze on the most um, are the things that are not seen. What a challenge. On page 143, uh, he cites one of the podcast episodes he did on the Ask Pastor John uh, podcast. And it's in context of uh, some of the things that we talked about in the last episode. Um, here's what he says. In light of the pace of all these digital temptations, a young man who struggled with digital vices asked if he should give up his smartphone and revert back to a dumb phone. John Piper applied a wise strategy. And this is Piper in quotes. My guess is that some are going to say, well, look, Piper, since the phone is not the problem, but the heart is the problem, it's pointless to pitch the phone. To which I respond... No, it's not pointless to pitch the phone. We fight on two fronts in the battle for holiness and the digital age. We're fighting on the internal front of 
the heart front to be so satisfied in Jesus, to see him so clearly and love him so dearly and follow him so nearly that nothing, not even a smartphone, can control us. But biblically, we are also fighting on the external front to remove or avoid stumbling blocks to our faith. True freedom from the bondage of technology comes not mainly from throwing away the smartphone, but from filling a void with the glories of Jesus that you are trying to fill with the pleasure of the device. And that's the end of Piper's quotes, uh, and Ranky um, excellently concludes. Our challenge in the digital aid is twofold. On the external front, are we safeguarding ourselves and practicing smartphone self-denial? On the internal front, are we simultaneously seeking to satisfy our hearts with divine glory that is for now largely invisible? Online allurements will always be with us. In a flood of cheap temptations, sexually charged images, and lurid ads, we must instead fill our hearts to the brim with glory so that our eyes learn to supernaturally scroll past the vapid images that naturally appeal to our eyelusts. To live an abundant life in this insatiable consumer society, we must plead in prayer for God-given power to turn our eyes away from the gigs of digital garbage endlessly offered on our phones and tune our ears to hear sublime echoes of an eternal enthrallment with the transcendent beauties we see in Scripture. End of quote. So there you have it. That's that's the end of the chapter. Um, and I again, I think he excellently draws a distinction between uh, the visible and temporary and the invisible and eternal uh, and encourages gaze on the eternal. Yes, you can take external actions to to limit um, and, and self-deny on the outward front. Uh, but if you haven't started on the inside, if you're not seeking to to see the glory of Christ uh, as revealed through his word, then the external actions, uh, there's, there, that's only halfway. It's not going to work. Uh, what a challenge from Tony Ranke. Um, again, I would encourage you to, to buy the book and read it. I know uh, I will probably do some future episodes just on smartphone use in general. Uh, and he, he gives several excellent challenges. Um, your phone is a tool. Is it controlling you? Are you controlling it? Uh, would God be pleased with the way that you use your phone? Uh, that's that's the question of the day. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I hope these thoughts from Tony Ranke have been a blessing to you. I want to close by reading Colossians 3, 1 and 2. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. Set your mind on things above this week. Gaze on the eternal.